What is going on, you guys? Welcome to the second episode of the Bookworm Podcast, the podcast giving you knowledge from the books that I truly love. Listen, do you want to learn how to give less fucks? Do you want to learn how to stop giving so much attention to things that don't really need attention? Then I've got the show for you. Today, I'll be covering Mark Manson's New York Times bestseller, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. This book actually helped me a lot in understanding what should truly be valued in life. Life's not necessarily about completely not caring about anything. It's about caring about the things that truly matter in life. Am I reading books or am I incessantly scrolling through social media and getting random news article after random news article? Or am I working on my physical and mental well-being or am I prying into what other people are doing with their lives and comparing my situation to theirs. The book helps us see life as it is, and it strips away things that don't really matter in life. But anyway, let's get into the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Every time you hear my voice in reverb, that means I'm reading a part in the book. The more something threatens your identity, the more you will avoid it. This is what the Manson's Law is described as. You ever get upset when someone calls you something that you're not? I could be having a great day, you know. I've done my exercise, I've done my reading, I've had enlightening conversations with people I love, and then boom, someone calls me a dickhead. I could be like, hey man, that's not who I am. I pay my rent and I read books. How dare you? But realistically speaking, what is identity? To my mother, I'm the most handsome and God-gifted child in the world, a true child of the light and a son of God. But to the bloke that I cut off in traffic, I am a dead-set wanker. I remember there was a bloke that I rightfully cut off because he wasn't giving way. He was coming out of a driveway and I I wasn't going to slow down for him and he stuck up the most beautiful rude finger at me. It came up firm and strong, directly from underneath him. I could see his forearm muscles tensing. He was almost symmetrically upwards and he screamed something at me. I could see him mouthing something from uh, his car. But I got to admit, that rude finger looked aesthetically pleasing to the eye. No difference to the sight you see from a mountaintop after a long and tiresome run up a mountain. But you hear what I'm saying? To that guy, I'm the scourge of the earth, but to my partner, on the other hand, I'm the love of her life. Identity is so malleable that you can be anything to just about anyone. So why think so much about what one person perceives you as? Unless you're really trying to get a job you want and you have to fit a certain description that that job enlists. I can't be out here with a damn neck tattoo going to a government job interview saying identity is malleable, Uh, It's only perception. It doesn't matter how I look. Why are you not at a higher plane of thinking, man? I say don't find yourself. I say never know who you are. Because that's what keeps you striving and discovering. And it forces you to remain humble in your judgments and accepting differences in others. Talking about my own experience personally, I've been through so many different phases of my life thinking, yo, man, this is me I am this and there's nothing changing me from me right here. This colored hair is who I am and this is always going to be cool. Man, I remember at one point the only genre I'd listen to was hip-hop. 
I thought of myself as a huge hip hop head and all the other shit was just mad stupid, nah saying? I put these slurs to your brain, turn your cabbage to coleslaw, player. But you know who I'm listening to now? Dominique Dumont, Hiroshi Yoshimura, Meitei, Rio Fukui. And you know what these musicians are categorized under? Soundscape music. I never thought in my life I'll be listening to this shit. There's even a, a song playlist that I listen to in my downtime called Music for Plants. I went from straight hip-hop, boom-bap, rap, lyrical, miracle shit to music for plants. I listened to such boring, mundane shit that the music's main fan base is a plant. At one point, I thought having colorful hair was the pinnacle of creative physical expression. Now I look back, I look like an absolute dickhead. I looked like a, a multi-flavored icy pole. In my early 20s, boxing and going to the gym was everything to me. But now I've moved on to other things. But in some way, these things do stick with me though. Like, my colorful hair days are just now embodied by the fact that I want to be covered in cool tattoos. And the days when I used to train like a straight malaka head, that shit is embodied in my emphasis on healthy dieting and training my body every day. If you're a little bit older, you might be able to understand, but there's certain things that as you grow up, some tendencies stick with you and some tend to die off gradually. You even compare 2020 Phil Abaharan to 2019 Phil Abaharan, and both will be completely different individuals. As Ali said, the man who views the world at 50 the same as he did at 20 has wasted 30 years of his life. Someone call the damn plumber and let that sink in. Who knows? Down the track, I might even find the shit that I'm doing right now to be silly. I feel like my opinions on life are being educated and changed every single day. The only person that knows who I am, who I am, is God. I myself find it difficult to define exactly who I am because I change just about every single day. There's always something new learned or something new experienced as each moment goes by. And with those moments, our identities slowly change too. There is little that is unique or special about your problems. That's why letting go is so liberating. Let it go, let it go. I can't hold it back anymore. There's some wisdom in that Frozen song, man. Just let go of your problems, man. Yeah, they may exist, but you just got to let that tension of the problem go and deal with it. Listen, the whole world is dealing with this COVID-19 bullshit together. Your opinions on the matter aren't so cool and unique to the point where your solution to the problem will cure humanity of this dreaded virus. Stop it. We all got fucked over by this virus somehow. Even if your problems are in something else, just know this, right? Right now, there's over 7 billion people in this world. You don't think that there's a single person that hasn't been through similar issues that you're going through right now? Yes, of course, your problems may be completely unique to your situation, but that doesn't mean that it can't be worked through.
Yes, you may be going through a rough time right now, but there's whole cities and whole countries that are going through much worse than you. I mean, one of my problems is that my car is getting a somewhat strange smell. And I know for a fact that I'm going to have to go to my mechanic and I'll probably have to pay like, what, another $600 on my car. Maybe not even that. Maybe like 200 Who knows? But what's that to a bunch of people dying on the streets of Venezuela due to their hospital's incapacity to hold patients? Here, we're, here, we're complaining, here I am complaining about cars when in Venezuela you've got people fucking dying of starvation, dying of um, their, whatever wounds they have can't be taken care of. And here I am complaining about my car. Boo fucking who. And yes, I may have to do certain chores that I hate doing. But what about the people that don't even have a home to do chores in? Do you get what I'm saying? Once you begin to compare your problems to the grand scale of this universe we live in, you begin to realize how small our problems really are. If we're experiencing a problem right now, It's most likely someone has been through it or someone is going through it right now. You just don't know who that person is. It's just that some people perish at these problems and some people deal with these problems and these problems make them them better as people. Aristotle wrote, It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Hey, this is going to be off topic, but what the fuck is up with YouTube's algorithm? This shit is reading my mind, and it's it's suggesting me shit that I think about. I remember just yesterday, I was reading a book called How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger, and the book talks about how much diet influences just about everything concerning your body, including your mind. So I was reading this segment about how certain foods can induce depression. Then I had a thought, depressed. Deep rest. Maybe being depressed in life could be a sign to give yourself a deep rest. Wow. Then I go on YouTube just to see what's up on the tube. And guess what pops up? A video of Jim Carrey explaining how being depressed can be a sign that you need deep rest. I swear this YouTube shit is reading my mind. But anyways, back to the show. Aristotle wrote, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. This goes for the people that have divided themselves from others for having their own thoughts and being unable to accept the fact that other people have thoughts other than yours about certain matters. As I said before, COVID-19 is a situation that we're all experiencing. Not just you alone, but all of us. Just because someone has a certain opinion about the matter that differs to yours, it doesn't mean that they're stupid or uneducated on the matter. It just means that they have conjured up a bunch of information that creates their opinion. You're in the same boat and so am I. Who really knows what this is all about? Unless you're a government official or a legitimate certified medical practitioner, then I don't want to hear it. Most people these days don't even have the ability to think for themselves. So they allow memes to dictate their thoughts. Fucking memes. That has become the pinnacle of intellectual thought now. Has anyone really looked at legitimate scientific research papers concerning COVID or spoken to someone who knows insider details 
about the matter instead of Facebook posts or what friends have told you? Probably not. But instead of allowing this matter to divide us, let's just understand that people will always have differing opinions about certain matters. Not just about COVID, but about everything in life. Stop dividing each other because of this bullshit. And you know what my opinion is on the matter? Quite frankly, I don't really care. Like, I look at the active cases, I see the hot spots, I do what I have to do and then I carry on with life. If I get it, then so be it. And you know what my thoughts you know what my thoughts are concerning the vaccinations? I don't really care about that either. I'm only getting it because my missus wouldn't stop nagging me about it. Plus, I want to be in the clear to go to Tyler the Creator next year. It's not because I want to save lives or save the community. It's simply because I want to listen to some funky tunes with Manise next year. Oh, when I think about it, I don't want other people to cop the vid, but aren't people still getting COVID even with the vaccinations? Ah, well, one thing I know is that I know nothing. And hey, I still remember when that African chick was saying that the cure to COVID was, I think it was like hydroxychloroquine and zinc or some shit. And then all of a sudden, everybody was like, oh, yeah, that is the cure. It's official. I know the science about this. Hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Shut the fuck up, man. Get out of here with that bullshit. If it feels like it's you versus the world, chances are it's really you versus yourself. That reminds me of the rule in Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. One of my favorite books, by the way. But it's that rule that goes, set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. The house can symbolize who you are internally as a person. That dirt in the grout of your tiles can symbolize your unpaid bills. Those stacked up dishes can symbolize your unstable and hostile relationships with people you know. That, let's say, unmade bed could symbolize that argument you had with your partner or something, I don't know. But when you look through the world through the windows of a house that's unclean, even if the world outside is beautiful, you're still going to see the world as a field of corruption. It takes logical adjustment and order of the mind in order to make good decisions and critique about just about anything. But I don't know about you, I tend to get I tend to get this with exercise. The weather could always be too windy, too hot, too cold, too whatever. But is it the world's choice whether I choose to put in a workout or not? Absolutely not. It's just a battle of me versus myself. It's up to me to get those damn running shoes on and put on my Forrest Gump. I was running. As an example, I got exce- I got upset at my missus yesterday for wanting me to help to cook whilst I was doing the washing. I admit I threw a fit like a baby, as I do sometimes, but that's because my mind simply wasn't in order. My first instinct was to snap, but... What I could have done was simply explain what I was already doing. It, was, it wasn't it was firstly a battle between me and the missus. I just didn't have the battle with my mind first to think about what the better me would do. I didn't have that crucial battle between me and myself. So me turning into a five-year-old, having a tantrum, was the result. 
Improvement at anything is based on thousands of tiny failures, and the magnitude of your success is based on how many times you failed at something. If someone is better than you at something, then it's likely because she has failed at it more than you have. If someone is worse than you, it's likely because he hasn't been through all of the painful experiences you have. There's always that barrier that certain people can't seem to cross whenever it comes to being great at anything. I don't think many people tend to realize that it takes those huge failures in order to become great at just about anything. Like, as an example, I still remember seeing Floyd Mayweather Jr., the Floyd Mayweather Jr., one of the greatest fighters to ever step in the ring, crying when he unfairly got a bronze medal in the Olympics. I mean, Floyd absolutely dominated his opposition, but he was fighting the home favorite, and the fight got rigged to his opposition. Man, I never saw Floyd like this, but that man was literally crying like someone in his family died. He cried so much that he had to leave the interview, but you know what? That was the last time Floyd ever lost a fight. Ever. Imagine crying on public television. A lot of people would have given up at that moment, but not Floyd. He went on to be possibly the greatest fighter in the world. Even Roy Jones Jr. is another example. He faced a similar circumstance in Korea, and he was going to give up boxing completely and join the military. If Roy gave up then, we would have never even known who the fuck Roy Jones Jr. is to this day. Now Roy is your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. I think he's like Terence Crawford's favorite fighter. I believe who else was Roy a favorite of? Uh, Devin Haney. A lot of the current fighters now had their favorite as Roy Jones Jr. And have you have you ever heard some of your favorite artists' first ever songs? absolute trash but they always knew they would be they could be better from where they were and they became who they became because of their willingness to not give up in the face of failure here do me a favor and look up the song bitch i'm in the club by kendrick lamar and tell me what you think of that song and then after that song listen to rigor mortis and be amazed at what going through failures like bitch i'm in the club created now this quote came from Mark Manson's math teacher in high school, but he said, if you're stuck on a problem, don't sit there and think about it. Just start working on it. Even if you don't know what you're doing, the simple act of working on it will eventually cause the right ideas to show up in your head. This is actually, this is pretty much how I came up with these podcasts. It was the problem of how can I somehow share music or share books with people in my own way. And eventually I came up with the first What Radio Missed and then, of course, the podcast you're listening to now. But this rule can apply with anything, really. You got a problem with your weight? Don't just sit there thinking and complaining about it. Just make an effort to eat healthier and exercise. Sometimes we can come up with an excuse so quick to avoid our problems to the point where we never even end up dealing with them and that small problem turns out to be an even bigger problem over time. If you've got studies to do, don't just sit there and complain about how much you have to do. Instead, you should just do it. It's such a waste of time to ponder problems when you already know what you can do to alleviate them. When we're overloaded with opportunities and options, we suffer from what psychologists refer to as the paradox of choice. 
Basically, the more options we're given, the less satisfied we become with whatever we choose because we're aware of all the other options we're potentially forfeiting. Paradox of choice. So that's what it's called. It's like when you go out for shopping, let's say, a laptop. I used to be pretty indecisive about choosing shit, but now I'm like, yep, I want that one. It's got good RAM, good processing speed, good design, let's go. But before I used to spend hours because of this shit that's called the paradox of choice. I never knew it was really labeled as anything. But I feel like we can waste so much time by looking at too many options. That's why all I wear is white and black shirts. They always look good on me. It can never look bad on me. It saves so much time when having to decide on what I want to wear. I'm trying to make my life as simple as possible, man. I hate putting my mind towards shit that really doesn't need much attention. Before I met my missus, I had a staple dinner, which was steamed veggies with a side of either steak or salmon. But my missus has a head full of knowledge about food that I've never even heard of. I get upset because I generally know what I want all the time. And I'm also satisfied about it 100% of the time. But with her, oh my goodness. She asks what food I want, what size do I want, the meat cut, the level of spiciness, how she could chop the vegetables, everything. It drives me crazy. Fuck a paradox of choice. I generally like what I like and do what I like doing. Anything that complicates it or gets in the way of it, I get upset. At least in my opinion, the more simple the life is, the better. So that does it for today's show, guys. I hope this book gave you a peace of mind in what it means to care less about the things you really don't need to be caring about. Just take some time out to assess the things in your mind that are there but don't really need to be there. I mean, I can come off as a dude that doesn't really give an F, but if I didn't, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. This is the stuff that I care about. Sharing knowledge that I believe that could be shared and could be of help to some people in need. Life is not exactly about not caring. It's more about caring about things that really matter in your life. I hope you're not out there paying attention to things that don't even need your attention, and you're focusing on the things that do need attention instead. Attention has become a commodity given the times that we're in with the existence of our smartphones and all. But anyways, if this book enticed you in any way to read to read it to its entirety, then the book is titled The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Hope you all enjoyed the show and God bless.